episode of Farewell Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis series bit by bit and break it down for you. My name is Keith. I'm going through the series for my last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who's going through for his first. Today's episode, we are actually going to be going over the classmates, all the students of 2A that have a name, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because there's more in there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of others, but we don't care about them because they're never named. Yeah, so these characters... For the most part, they're pretty much side characters. Toji is the weird part where he's a main character, but then gets delegated to a side character. The story goes on. But that's not the only weird thing about Toji. He's also a 40-year-old man in a classroom. <laughs> it's a little rude to point that out, but okay. The education system's hard. He hasn't gotten out of junior high yet. Alright, I'm sorry for bullying you, Toji. That man became a doctor. <laughs> he did end up getting his shit together and becoming a doctor. Man, that's crazy, because that's like... How many years after Near Third Impact? It's Fourteen years between. Fourteen years. The same as second to. So he'd be in like his mid to late sixties, or not sixties, fifties at that point when he becomes a doctor and starts taking care. You know that's not unreasonable. Being a doctor in your mid to late fifties, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I guess the way to break it down is we end up realizing because Toji seems like he's going to be a main character, but he kind of doesn't. But he's a very important character. I would say he's definitely impactful, he's just not a main character. He's yeah. a tertiary character. Yeah, in a sense. And it seems outside of, I guess, Asuka, Rei, Shinji, and kind of Misato, everyone else is a side character, even if they're very impactful to the story. Yeah. I mean, hell, the most impactful character of the story is Yui. She's dead the whole time. Yep. But with Toji... There was that briefest of hope. It was like, oh, a new pilot. He's going to be very important. <laughs> yeah. He's a new pilot. He's already punched Shinji in the fucking face. Like, what more can I ask? Twice. Yeah. Way to go, Toji. But yeah, the three students are Kensuke Aida, Toji Suzuhara, and Hara- uh, Kari Haruka. Yeah. Class rep. Yeah. Class rep is how she's known. Her first introduction is being very angry at Toji. Yeah. Also having a huge crush on Toji. Yes. Which she shows through picking on him, I guess. Yeah, and also wanting to make him lunch, but then he almost dies in a fucking accident. Or sometimes he does. Sometimes he does actually die, depending on the time I'm looking at. Uh, actually, this is a <laughs> little fun side thing that I don't know if you caught on, because it's mentioned, and it comes up a few times. But Toji has a nickname within the class. I did not notice that. <laughs> Big Stomach Toji. Fully missed that detail. Because <laughs> yeah, he just likes to eat. Sure. He can't be cc'd. No wonder that that's how a uh, class rep assumes she can get access to his heart is through his stomach. Just like, the one thing he's known for in class is apparently eating, so yeah, of course I'm going to try and make him food until he loves me. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess the easiest character to start off with would be going for Toji then. Yeah, he's the one we definitely have the most on. Yeah, so Toji, as we know, kind of jock-like character, I guess, but obviously has more depth to him as we go on. He's not just a jock, he's also a big brother. That's an important part of his yeah. character. That's how he gets introduced, by decking Shinji for fucking being involved in a situation that got his little sister For indirectly hurting Sakura. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Toji very much cares about at least his sister. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems like the father, he's like, and the father, he could take it or leave it. But the sister, no. He cares about the sister. Yeah, because as we know, all three of these students uh, don't have a mother because that's how the... Third impact worked. worked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The third impact and the pilot candidate system. Yeah. 
<laughs> right, the pilot candidate. I just assumed you were referencing the fact that all the moms died in the third impact. But yeah, no, that... The house and mouse comes to. Yeah. But, uh, because of that, all three of them don't really have a, a mother in place, so Toji ends up taking more of the parental role for Sakura due to the fact that the father is just always busy working in the lab. Yeah. In fact, I think Ikari is the only one who doesn't have their remaining parent working for Nerve. Yeah. Which isn't surprising considering Nerve kind of runs all Tokyo 3. Wait, does Kensuke's... Does Kensuke have a remaining parent? Kensuke has a father still. Because we see his funeral at, in uh, the Rebuild movie. Okay, and his father works for... Uh, Nerf. Nerf? Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, he works in the security division. So those guys are really bad at guarding the base when Seelay attacks. Is he the guy who was looking away from the door and got shanked in the back as soon as Seelay attacked? Possibly, but uh, at that point, it seems that Kensuke, like, his family has already left by the time that happens. I, my headcanon is that Kensuke's dad told Kensuke to leave, and then he stood around not looking at the door. That's my headcanon. <laughs> yeah, and that's the unit that Kensuke's family, uh, father tends to work for. Fair. <clears throat> so all their fathers are still alive. Kensuke kind of gets abandoned and kind of becomes a, like, a wilderness man. And Hikari kind of also does the same thing as Toji, where she ends up taking more of like, the parental role to her two sisters. Yep. Uh, so she, she mentions this, like, oh, I have to do all the cooking at home, yeah. so I'm pretty good at I cooking. Keep, also, I keep accidentally cooking too much lunch. Could you eat some of the spare lunch that what I What can cook? I do with all these bento boxes? Yeah. I just have to, like, I know there's only me and my two sisters, but I keep accidentally making four bento boxes. <laughs> Could you take this fourth bento box off my hands? For the love of God, the government is coming. If they see I have too many bento boxes. You know they're rationing food. I need you to eat my bento box. That sounds inappropriate the more times I say it. Eventually he did. Yeah. Way to go, Toji. <laughs> Way to man up and eat her bento box. But yeah, uh, Toji ends up getting selected to be the pilot of uh, Unit 3, which later becomes Bardial. We never actually get to see what does happen paying off that storyline. But speculation-wise, you could assume something similar to what happens to Asuka in the Rebuild series was probably in its way. He gets corrupted. Bardial isn't a physical thing. It corrupted the Ava which means it probably also corrupted the uh, pilot as well. And here's an interesting thing that I, I kind of want to mention now, because it's kind of important to Toji's character. Remember in the original Evangelion run, uh, after Toji got broken out of Ardeal and Shinji was unconscious, he was seeing the train dreams yep. as well? So the reason for that uh, doesn't actually get us... Well, we don't get somewhat close to an answer until Rebuild, and we find out that your memory creating stuff seems to be linked to the minus space. So the idea is that because he was corrupted by the angel, that's why he was able to view what was going on in that dream. So that the fact that he was in the train dream that saw Shinji and Rei having the conversation means that he was infected by Varian. You know, so he was actually there in the dream seeing what was going on with Shinji and Rei. Yeah. Way to go, Toji. Way so, to have access to information you shouldn't have. Yeah, it's something that seems a little odd when you think about it in the actual context of that series there, because, like, oh, why is he seeing this, and is it really uh, what's happening? And then when we see Rebel, it's like, oh, it was happening. It was an indication that he actually was, even if it wasn't explained, it shows that the idea was there, that something had happened, just like when Shinji came in contact with Lelio, he was able to do something like that. Yeah. Cool. Way to go, Toji. So, Toji, from the original run, at least has the curse of Ava to some extent. Yeah. 
Also, the curse of being infected by an angel. Yeah, he became Bardiel. Or pseudo Bardiel, like Oscar does. Yeah. Oh, does that mean that later on he could, like, have the pillar come out of his eye and then, like, kill people as an angel? Well, I don't think his infection was aggressive as Oscar's. Fair. But yeah, it could have happened, I suppose. I just like to imagine that after instrumentality, like, everyone's just having a good time hanging out, and then all of a sudden Toji's just like, ah, eye laser beam, bah, and shit <laughs> happens. Good happen. Also, this would have to be well after, it's after instrumentality, because I realize the after instrumentality we saw was mostly just Shinji choking out Asuka on a beach. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, so Toji. Yeah, uh, Toji is also the one heavily associated with Unit 3, which ends up being Bardial, even though Asuka has piloted it later on in the storyline. Almost exclusively, when it's Unit 3, it's Toji. Yeah. And then Unit 4 is Kensuke, right? Yeah, Unit 4 is associated with Kensuke, and Unit 5 is associated with Ikari. So the idea is that if the unit progression would have happened, that is... It, assumed it would naturally, Kensuke would have been the next pilot, but then Unit 4 was lost, and Ikari would have been the fifth pilot. But, you know, C-Lay happens. Yeah. And as we discussed during our Kaoru episode, it's very clear that Kaoru doesn't want Kensuke to pilot because they keep blowing up before anyone gets anyone near uh, Unit 4. Yeah, Kaoru specifically makes sure that Unit 4 is off the table because it might save humanity, but it doesn't save Shinji. Yeah. Brings everyone else joy, but not Shinji, and that's not what we're all about. Exactly. Which makes me feel like Kensuke is actually probably the most competent pilot if given the chance to pilot. Especially with, like, all of his military knowledge and all that shit. I know there's probably... So, so, the funny thing is, Kensuke very much, I can see being the anime protagonist of Giant Mech series. Yeah. He, he just has that vibe, or at least, you know, the fun sidekick that, I guess, unfortunately ends up dying to motivate the main hero to do the thing. Yeah. That's but, not what Evangelion is. Yes. <laughs> if there's slight rebranding, Kensuke's the main character. Oh, 100%. Kensuke's the main character, Kensuke saves the day 100% of the time. Yeah, and of the three... Ikari's probably the least impactful character within the story, with then Kensuke being next. Because Kensuke... And, and here's the funniest thing about Kensuke. Kensuke seems to, like, be both aware and unaware of everything. Yes. Because he makes comments that end up being true, but then, like, he just doesn't connect the dots, or he's not aware of things. Like, he's like, man, I wish I could be an Ava pilot. It must be so cool. Unaware of all the trauma going on around him. Yeah. But also, <clears throat> when he, uh meets Asuka for the first time, he kind of calls that she's all, like, a facade, essentially. Yeah. Or the first time he sees Kaoru. Now, this is in the manga, because he never actually meets Kaoru in the anime run, because it, there's no time for the one episode that Kaoru's there. Yeah. But he, he mentions that something seems otherworldly about him. Jesus, Kensei kind of just has his shit together in a lot of cases, but... Very not together in other cases. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the pathway in the beginning of Kensuke Rebuild, where... Kensuke ends up being almost a voice of reason. Yeah. Where he's like, he, he seems to have, like, a great understanding of how everything works, and he's like, here's some words of wisdom for you. Yeah. I'm now your mentor, Shinji. Yeah. Talk to your father. Yeah. Get in the robot, Shinji. <laughs> Only if you want to, though. <laughs> but also, yes, this is at the point in time where everyone's telling Shinji, you don't have to get in the robot if you don't want to. You have done enough. Just fucking imagine the opening episode of Neon Genesis, like the first episode. Gendo walking up, taking the chair, spinning it around so he sits on it backwards. Like, come on, Shinji, get yeah. in the robot. Only if you want to. Like, let's be chill about this. Yeah. This is an opportunity for you. <laughs> I just want to rap with you about yeah. all the benefits of getting in the robot. Yeah. 
I realize I haven't really been there for you for the past couple decades, but like, it'd be cool if you got the robot. I think it'd be pretty chill. Man, you passed your Gendo is pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> you got you realize, Shinji, Jesus was really the first Ava pilot. <laughs> Saying that when I was drinking was not a great idea. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, can we talk more about you, Master Gendo, and stop talking about his classmates? I would love to. Uh, unfortunately, we did kind of promise that we would talk about the classmates today. Yeah. And then, uh, kind of just briefly going over Ikari as well. So, Ikari's an interesting character because we don't get a lot on her. Her whole story kind of to break down to. I like Toji, and I'm friends with Asuka. Yeah, she seems... Other The other two characters seem to fill a bigger role because they actually have a relationship with Shinji, and Shinji's the one they kind of follow. Hakari's main two like story roles are her connections to Toji to make it that much more impactful when Toji goes missing, and to act as Asuka's only friend in the classroom. Like, everyone else is friends with Shinji before they're friends with Asuka. Yeah. She gets to be friends with Asuka first, so... Yeah, and even that kind of disappears in the Rebuild series, where the nature of Asuka's character in Rebuild is she doesn't really care about making connections with people. Yeah, so she ends up not needing Hikari unless she goes poorly. But ultimately, Hikari is kind of, well, a tomboy character. Yeah. Who, like, because when, when she's trying to, like, convince Toad, like, hey, you want to have the bento box thing, and she's, like, tries to find, like, uh, you know, I don't actually know how to cook or anything, that'd be stupid, but... <laughs> I don't cook food or some shit like that. I just exist in my kitchen, and then I have four bento boxes, and I need you to eat one of them. There's some weird science going on in this kitchen, Doji. Please, make the bento box go away. I'm scared. I'm not even making them. I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> Every morning I get up, I black out, and then there are bento boxes in front of me. It's scary. It just says consume on them. I just hear, like, a thrumming noise in my ears, and I get scared. <laughs> and this person sounds like Kaoru. Uh, you know, the other classmate just says, from Kaoru. Yeah. Consume. Eat. Also, find out about cat girls. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Keeps talking about cat girls for some reason. He seems convinced they'll save the world. <sighs> yeah, and then... Unfortunately, with how the story progresses, Hikari's character only gets more and more sidelined to a half baby. Yeah. That ends up being her role in Rebuild. Is she is the father of Kensuke. Not Kensuke. She's the father of Doji's child. I don't mean to, like, stir the pot and suggest that Kensuke is the father of Doji's child. That's not something I need to suggest. <laughs> well, no, he said she's the father of Kensuke. Yeah, uh, well, I was starting to say Kensuke's child, and then caught myself and switched to Toji. I didn't want to imply that there was any infidelity going on, and she had actually fathered a child with Kensuke and not Toji. No. She's the father of Toji's child, and that's her role in Rebuild. Yeah. Which is rather you unfortunate. The you keep saying father. Oh. <laughs> Gender's an ever-changing spectrum, Keith, alright? I, I guess I have learned nothing from Kaoru. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, essentially, her character kind of gets more sidelined, unfortunately, and doesn't have much... Like, she has some interactions with Rei... It almost feels like it's kind of like her relationship with Asuka in the original round, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, whereas Kensuke just kind of becomes the cool one. And Toji kind of turns into Maze Hughes from Pomogamist. Yeah, a little bit. Minus the dying. Uh, we don't <laughs> know what happens off screen. Uh, so, overall though, I think... 
Koji ends up getting a, a much better turnout from Neon Genesis. Yeah. Which, if you want to look at it on the aspect of Haru was kind of tweaking things to change outcomes, it you can very much see that some sort of like hand of fate or something like that moved things in the position that Toji got a much better outcome in Rebuild. Yeah. It was Toji got fucked over enough times that he's just like, what if we just switch things around a little bit and put Asuka inside here to <laughs> What if Sakura Asuka... was like five steps to the left when that robot fight happened? <laughs> what if Sakura was five steps to the left? And what if it was Asuka taking all of the trauma for Toji so Toji didn't have to take any trauma himself? I mean, if you think about it, if you're Kaoru changing things to fix what happened with Shinji, that Toji incident really fucks with Shinji. To be fair, I mean, it worked out, but I don't know that I trust Kaoru's decision of making it be Asuka who went through the trauma instead of Toji. I don't think that fixes the but trauma. But he saves Toji, stops Shinji's trauma, gets himself a closer position. That's true. He knocks Asuka out of the closest friend, takes that position for himself. Kaoru shows up with a red wig. Kaoru's just <laughs> I'm like... I'm new Asuka! I'm starting to think Kaoru's just like a manipulative stalker, which... I mean, that was... That's, yeah, that's kind of exactly what he is now that we talk about it. <laughs> that was the whole antithesis of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kaoru, your happiness is not based on Shinji. Yep, Kaoru just is a manipulative stalker, and the more we talk about him, the more apparent it becomes. Yeah. He has stalked him through time. Uh, so, when it comes to purpose of the characters, I guess, in the original run. Toji and Kensuke kind of act, I guess, as a grounding to reality for Shinji, because uh, one thing that becomes very obvious when you're looking at the characters serving that purpose, as they get removed from the story, Shinji seems to fall deeper into his problems, Yeah. because he has less, you know, support lines, I guess. And really, Toji and Kensuke are the grounding effect of they're just normal people, and then Toji gets pulled into his world, which, in a way, you can see Shinji playing himself for, even though it was from the beginning guaranteed that someone from his school was going to be a pilot. Yeah. Hikari is a, yeah, she's kind of there to be that third connection to Toji and make the impact of him getting hurt much worse. Yeah. But their characters also just kind of completely vanish from the story after the Iron Cell attack. Yes. Unless you're watching Rebuild and then they briefly appear again in the fourth movie. Yeah, that after Zuriel attacks... They all kind of disappear for the third movie, but come back in the fourth movie, aged up as they should be. They have not been cursed by Ava, unfortunately. Exactly. Or fortunately, depending on who you ask. In a fun way, it also kind of shows what Shinji doesn't have because of the curse of Ava and how he's stuck in that same spot. Like, if you want to look at it more like a philosophical, like, what it means and not what's really going on, the fact that... Toji, Kensuke, and Hikari have all moved on with their life from all the trauma of being in their childhood and are happy, but Shinji hasn't been able to move past it, so he's still a child yeah. when he's talking with his friends that he's the same age as. Yeah, it's the curse of Ava isn't that you're unable to physically age, it's that you're unable to mentally age and your body just gets stuck sticking around <laughs> with your mental age. Well, it's both, but yes. Because they're kind of eternally stuck in that stage. Yeah. Meanwhile, all those other kids get to be adults now. Yeah, and that's also part of what makes the significance of Shinji becoming an adult at the end hit, like, much harder. Is the yeah. fact that if you look at it the way of, like, it's more physically showing that he hasn't been able to move on. And then, now that we can see him as an adult, we know it's a physical manifestation of a mental problem being fixed. Exactly. Is that he has now 
mentally grown up and gotten past the issues of his childhood and thus he is allowed to physically be an adult. Exactly. If that's the case, there's no way Gendo should be allowed to be an adult. <laughs> well, Gendo also turns into a teen during the flashback. Oh, that's true. He does become a teenager. So yeah, no, that's appropriate. Yeah, they, they used the physical appearance of characters to really highlight. For Shinji during the show, it was mainly he was turned into a little kid because that's ultimately where he was still, even though he was physically there. So yeah. it kind of highlights how they will use that to show things going on. Now, overall, I'd have to say out of the three, Kensuke had potential to get a lot more added, and I feel like they get a good payoff to him in the Rebuild series. Hikari, I feel like, is ultimately for everything wasted. I feel like there's a lot of potential for Hikari. Um, that being said, you would need to change kind of the dynamic of the show a little bit, just where she doesn't have a relationship with Shinji, and that's fine. No, We don't need to base every character around their relationship to Shinji. It's just through the nature of the show and where we're following Shinji's experience, characters who don't really have a relationship with Shinji aren't going to get as much screen time. Yeah. Aren't going to get as much of a plot. So... If we were to change the dynamic of the show and follow a different character, I think there'd be a lot of potential for Hikari to have a more fleshed out character. Yeah, if we did it from, like, say, a story that focused around Asuka, Hikari would definitely play a more role. Or even, like, Toji or Kensuke. Yeah. Uh, but one thing of interest to point out is, I feel like they did do Hikari dirty through all the things, but there is a silver line to this, and we haven't gotten there yet. But the Anima series does a lot of justice to the character of Hikari and flushes out in a very interesting way. Interesting. Too bad we're never going to experience <laughs> the anime series, I guess. And of course, as I mentioned, some of the video games also do things, and Hikari, that's how the Liverpool, it was also art books about the stuff that re revealed it, but her association with Unit 5 and being a pilot kind of came through the video games and that with, you know, the what-if storylines. Yeah, less likely she's going to pilot a unit in one of the mainline stories, but if you're doing a video game and you just need to add characters... All the more reason to give Hakari a pilot, or a Deva to pilot, not a pilot to Deva. <laughs> I mean, is it technically wrong? I mean, it's not entirely wrong. But yeah, uh, as we kind of mentioned, Toji associated with three, Kensuke with four, which looks like three, but it's silver. Yep. And then Hakari associated with five. Uh, five is just an orange unit. Sure. And the, we never actually see design for the one that she would have piloted. The closest thing we get to that is Provisional 5, which shows up in the rebuild. Fair. So we can assume that the unit was probably not your standard Evangelion. It was doing its own thing, much like Hikari. Yeah, and we do see that a the Ava series kind of evolves in what is allowed for an Ava unit. Yeah, they get, get further and further from Unit 0 and Unit 1, yeah. the higher the number gets, which I guess makes sense. Yeah, and other series do... It, extend that further where we get very unique looking Avas, because the concept is just, it's a clone of an angel. So it's weird that they would all be humanoid. Yeah, because most of the angels we saw were not humanoid. Exactly. We essentially saw two humanoid angels, well I guess, no I'm sticking with my number of two. We saw Lilith and Adam were both humanoid angels, and if you want to count Kaoru and Rei, I'm telling you that's still just two, because they're still both just Lilith and Adam, so fuck you. Yeah. We've seen two humanoid angels. Uh, I know that the PlayStation 2, so Neon Genesis Evangelion 2, which is the name of the video game, is the one that really flushes out Kensuke and Toji as pilots, because they have their own storylines in the game, sure. which is very interesting. Uh, although Kensuke 
they're both like what if things where if you play the story just right, you get these characters unlocked for the uh, big final battle, which is the Seelay showdown at Nerve HQ. And for some reason, Kensuke becomes a pilot because Seelay just like that one. It's not like you know, it's like oh, we need a new pilot. It just Seelay's like that guy. He's gonna be a pilot now. Sure, why not? Only timeline where Kensuke can be a pilot is when Seelay just starts fucking playing dice and just randomly picking people. We need more robots for all these children without mothers. <laughs> we have so many motherless children, but we don't have enough robots. Get in the robot, Shinji. <laughs> yeah, so obviously a bit of a shorter episode is these our side characters aren't flushed out as much through the main series. As I said, as we go through more things, there will be more to these characters, but this is kind of like the baseline background for them. What we do know is Toji was originally from Osaka, so that's why he's kind of got like the in-your-face thing. Uh, he also, the way to show he doesn't care much for the rules, he's kind of the bad boy of the classes. He doesn't wear the school uniform. Yeah. He wears his gym clothes. Like a handsome young lad. Yeah, he's kind of like the tough guy with the, you know, heart of gold underneath. He cares about his sister a lot. He's kind of uh, a Chad who... he His outward appearance is Chad, where his inward appearance is... Um, I'm going with Timothy is the opposite of a Chad. <laughs> so he's outwardly a Chad, but inwardly a Timothy. Fair enough. Uh, Kensuke. Timothy all the way. That's He's, you know, military otaku, gets really excited about things, but also seems to have, like, a very keen eye for, like, what's what. Yeah. Uh, and he's also kind of been sheltered from all of the conflicts, so yeah. he has a very, like, idealized version of military stuff. And not really the harsh reality of it. The, like, thing that, like, blows my mind about Kensuke being, like, that numb to how traumatic this is, is he was inside Unit 1 during an Ava fight while Shinji was freaking the fuck out and still doesn't seem to have any grasp of, this might be a slightly traumatic experience for the pilots. To well, he's got to, like, harassing Misato and Shinji's like, hey, put in a word for me, will ya? Yeah. He even calls Toji being the pilot before anyone figures it out. <laughs> Oh, they got the new pilot. Toji's not here. You don't think he's the pilot? And Shinji's like, I think I would know. <laughs> I would know if Toji was the pilot. They would tell me. My dad's in charge of Nerve. <laughs> they know me there. They also don't like me because my dad's in charge of Nerve, and he told them not to like me. But I would know. <laughs> the Draco Malfoy effect. Do you know who my father is? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm going to tell my father. Yes, you won't care, but I'm going to tell him. I don't even think he'll listen, but I'm still going to tell him. So do we have any questions from the audience about these kids? Yeah, so let's move into the questions here. So we had a few. So the first question we have here is from paint underscore S-A-B-L. Do Hikari and Asuka keep in touch after the events of 2.22? So in the Rebuild series, again, this is a definitive, but... We don't get as much interaction between Asuka and Hikari. Now, of course, that could be to the nature of it's done in movies and not a prolonged series. But the implication seems to be that in the rebuild continuity anyways, Asuka and Hikari were friends, are friendly, but they weren't as close as they were in the uh, original run. Which, to be fair, mainly they were that close because Asuka was going through some things. Yeah. And kind of forced herself into Hikari's house. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh... We also get lines when she goes back to the village in four point or three point zero plus one point zero. I I you, understand you just say thrice upon a time. I understand the numbering that doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> um, but uh, we get dialogue lines in thrice upon a time to the effect of 
she doesn't go to the village, yeah. Asuka. She only like, interacts with Kensuke. Only interacts with Kensuke. So, pretty safe to say she doesn't really interact with uh, Hikari after 2.22. Yeah, and uh, that's just the nature of how the Shikinami character is in Rebuild, where she's not really craving that social interaction. She is fully concerned about people realizing her worth because she's part of that cloning process, right? Yeah. So, she knows that if she's not useful, she's disposable, and that's her whole thing. It's not about being friends with somebody, it's having a purpose, whether people like you or not. She essentially is one of those kids who grew up with their parents every single day saying, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it, but it was less so of a stop talking back to me and more so of a kill an angel, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it. It was less of her parents and more of the military. <laughs> yeah, it was the military slash scientists who were just like, hey, we created you, we can uncreate you. <laughs> So yeah, unfortunately, they're not really that close in the rebuild story, but again, how the rebuild story kind of ends suggests that Asuka's ready to integrate into that society, so I can see them definitely becoming more friendly, especially with how Toji and uh, Hikari kind of really latched onto Rei. Yeah. Also, Kensuke is the father of Hikari's child, so there's <laughs> gotta be interactions between them anyway, so if Asuka starts hanging out with Kensuke, <laughs> it's just gonna happen. Uh, and this one is from Tom the Calf. Do you think that Anima or 3.0 plus 1.0 did Akari's character better? Which felt more true to the original anime? My answer is Thrice Upon a Time, because as far as I know, Akari doesn't appear in Anima, so <laughs> Thrice Upon a Time did her better. Uh, so I prefer Akari and Anima more, but to the question of what like was more faithful to the original iteration, well, rebuild was the more direct path because Hikari, that's kind of what her character was. She was, you know, the motherly class rep in a sense, right? Yeah. And the antithesis of that character was having a baby, I guess. Yeah. Whereas in Rebuild, uh, Anima, uh, I don't want to get into it too much because Peter hasn't gone through that, and we might be going through that at some point. No. We're almost done, Keith. How they did Hikari's character in Anima, I love. And it's kind of a departure from where she is in the original run, but it's in such a good way that actually flushes out the character much better. So she's more of a completely realized character in Anima compared to the other ones, but if you want to look at logical progression for where a character was and where it ends up, then original run to rebuild makes the most sense character growth-wise. Fair. Now, uh, of course there were Kakari-centric questions. We didn't get any questions about Toji and Kensuke. I think their characters leave less to be questioned due to the nature yeah. that they are more fleshed out. But do you have any questions? Uh... Not really. Mostly just curious about how old Toji could get before they would finally kick him out of that classroom for 14 year olds, but... <laughs> no, well, There's believe, no way to know. I believe most schools are supposed to kick you out as soon as you turn 20. Fuck, Japan's school system is slipping then if they allowed him to get to 40 before they kicked him out. So, uh, I guess with that, we'll move into some fun facts about the characters. Sounds good. So, with Hikari, much like uh, a lot of other characters in the series, her sisters, Kodama and Nozomi, are named after three ships. I was going to say, uh, are they named after Japanese warships? Because that's what I assume it's going to be. Oh, sorry, not warships, trains. Trains, oh, okay. Nozomi is the fastest train, followed by Hikari, and then Kodama is the slowest. Neat. Um... Both Kensuke and Toji appear as playable characters in uh, not just Neon Genesis games, but also Super Robot Wars, where usually they could be unlocked under secret 
parameters. Uh, are, do the secret parameters involve putting your own playable characters through some form of trauma, and then that <laughs> unlocks Neon Genesis characters? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Fair. That they're doing the characters dirty. Uh, so, in the original draft of uh, the third Rebuild movie, uh, Kensuke was actually originally in it, although not directly, uh, but Asuka was apparently supposed to reference to someone named Ken Ken, which he calls Kensuke, uh, we find out in the fourth one, but they left it out because they felt it would be too confusing because it wasn't specifically saying Kensuke, and they thought people wouldn't understand. Huh. Neat. But that would have been a neat way to set up the fact that Asuka seems to have a close relationship with Kensuke? Yeah. Um, on top of that, um, when it comes to character pairings, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of applies to just Evangelion as a whole. Though there's always kind of that love triangle with Rei, Asuka, and Shinji. Anytime Shinji ends up with Rei in any continuity, Kensuke seems to be the one that always ends up with Asuka. Fair. Uh, which is weird. Not, not weird, but it's funny when you think about it, because in any continuity thing where Shinji ends up with Asuka, Rei doesn't end up with anybody. Although I guess she's kind of paired with Kaoru, but it's never implied that it's a relationship of any sort. Also, not to be weird about it, but she's also kind of paired with Gendo already, because she is Yui's clone -ish. But Yui's paired with Gendo. Yeah, but Rei can also be paired with Yui slash Gendo. A thruple? It's a thruple. It's me, my wife, and my wife, dead wife's clone, which has an angel soul inside the body. <laughs> Wait a second, go back a second. You, your wife, and your dead wife? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Sorry, me, my dead wife, and my dead wife's clone slash an angel soul inside said clone's body. To be fair, I don't think it's a thruple anymore if someone's dead. <laughs> I think Gendo is still holding, burning a candle for Yui even if she's dead. Oh, he 100% is. Yeah. I'm just saying, on a, like, a technical I think dance. most outside observers would just call it a couple. I think Gendo refers to it as a thruple exclusively. Even when he's like, I am willing to bet, because they're never going to show us the scene, I hope. Uh, <laughs> whenever Gendo's with Rizuko, Gendo internally refers to it as a threesome, because there's always Yui there in his mind. It's like, make room for Jesus, but make room for Yui. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's someone you forgot to ask, Yui. Yeah. Well then. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it seems to be that Kensuke always ends up with Asuka if she's not paired with Shinji. Uh, but as we mentioned, Rebuild doesn't really focus too much on the idea of characters ending up in a romantic relationship at the end. Mari and Shinji just like Asuka and Kensuke. It's not so much what the nature of the relationship is, it's the fact that they've been able to form a connection, an actual real connection with somebody who cares about them not just because they're an able pilot, but just because they are them. They have developed a healthy relationship with another individual that's not built on codependence or some other toxic uh, kind of coping mechanism. Exactly. Mari and Shinji might be in a relationship, maybe they're not. Maybe they'll end up one eventually. But all we know is that they have a strong connection together, and that's the purpose. Just like Kensuke and Asuka. It could be that Kensuke developed more into like a parental figure for Asuka, honestly. The idea that Kensuke and Asuka are in a romantic relationship in Rebuild comes mainly from the idea that Kensuke and Asuka tend to end up together in most media when it's not with Shinji. That's where that idea comes from, but it could be parental, it could just be more sibling-like. The main purpose is, out of everyone that Asuka interacted with, Kensuke ends up being the first she actually forms of human connection, and yeah. that's the purpose of it. Which is good for Kensuke. 
way to be a great Timothy and just be a friend instead of Oscar needs. <laughs> to be fair, Kent's give the biggest blow. Oh, 100%. Uh, and uh, this is more of an interesting tidbit about the series uh, itself, but as most characters uh, are based off people that Otto knows, uh, Toji's character is actually based off his father. That makes sense. Given the age discrepancy between Toji and Shinji, it would make sense that one is the father to another. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing about it, too, is... Wait, does that mean that... Uh, no, I'm not going to get into a child abuse question right here. But... Toji losing his leg is a direct reference to his father losing his leg as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So that probably is a direct reference to Toji kicking the shit out of Shinji for me. <laughs> but we're not going to question Otto about that. But yeah, uh, ultimately, by Otto's plan, Toji was not supposed to. And it was more of it was added after the fact to the manga storyline to kind of hide things. Fair. Raise the stakes and all that jazz. Exactly. But in the original plan that I had to start to finish, Toji was just going to get injured. Yeah. Was which is what we saw in the original 95 run. Yep. Well then, do we have any other fun facts? Nope, that finishes up my fun facts for those characters. So, what are your thoughts of these characters now that we've gone through the original Rebuild series and kind of talked about it a bit? Uh, I'm going to give the three of them ratings out of 10. 9 out of 10? 7 out of 10, 5 out of 10. Not going to specify who the numbers are for. Sure, you can figure it out if you think about it. Right it's weird you gave 5 ratings to Toji. Yeah, it is weird. Weird how all three of those ratings were just for Toji at different time, exactly. points in time. <laughs> it was all three versions of Toji. Yeah. <laughs> the one from the original run, one from End of Evangelion, and then the one from Rebuild. Well, no, it's actually... Oh, I forgot to give a it's rating. It's weird that you gave him 7 when he didn't even show up in the End of Evangelion. Well, that's the thing, is it was actually just the original run, uh, rebuilt as a child, and then rebuilt as an adult doctor, is the, <laughs> the timelines I was giving him ratings for. That's right. Uh, no, uh, I like Toji, uh, I like Kensuke. I enjoy them both. I think after rebuild, Kensuke probably takes the spot for me between the two of them. And just, unfortunately, where there's just not enough of Hikari, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, that, and that's the yeah. ultimate unfortunate thing with Hikari. Hikari, if I'm talking about purely uh, original run and rebuild, it would probably Kensuke and Toji for me. But once we add Anima, Hikari is probably a good contender for top, with Toji falling more to the bottom. Fair enough. Too bad I'm never going to see Anima. Yeah, that's true. Alright. Okay, so with that, if you would like to ask us a question that you feel wasn't answered on the series, you can send us an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. You can ask it there or for the Instagram page where we have to update uh, fun information and facts about the series on a weekly basis as well as have weekend polls where we ask questions that you can interact with. We're pretty quick about getting responses on those ones as well. Also, you can find this podcast every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms as well as on YouTube. Please like, favorite, subscribe, leave a review. Anything helps. Word of mouth is definitely the best way for getting anything out about this podcast. And you've been doing a good job on it so far, so thank you for that. Yeah, thanks to everyone who's been telling their friends about this podcast, and if you haven't told your friends, then no big deal, but, like, try and get through that trauma you're working through in your life right now, and then tell your friends about us. And you can listen to the podcast. Yeah. Watch me go through trauma while you go through your trauma. Uh, what's happening next time, Keith? So next time we are doing another multi-character breakdown, where we're going to talk about all three lab technicians for Nair, which includes Maya, Makoto, 
and Shiguri. And as always, plenty of fans.